0: Like all navigational tools in the 21st century, I fit right in your pocket. I'm a life coach in your pocket. Happy listening. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Life Coach in Your Pocket with me, your certified life coach, Rachel Bailey. And also, do you want to say hi now?
1: Hey. (laughs)
0: This is my husband, Alex, and he is my special guest this morning. Special. I asked him if he wanted me to introduce him via a bio no. or something fancy, and he said no. So,
1: robed in mystery.
0: Anyway, we are getting together today to produce a podcast around conflict resolution. And I have done an episode before where I talked about the tips to conflict resolution. Although I think this episode is going to be really different and really powerful because Alex and I are going to share a time in our marriage where we were really struggling and actually considering divorce. We were separated. So I've been wanting to produce this podcast for a long time, but I think both of us had to come to a place of being willing and ready to be extremely vulnerable to share and so that's what we're going to do today. We're going to share where we were in our marriage and what we started to do and implement in our marriage as far as tools and strategies to get us to a healthy and happy relationship that we have now. I would describe it as healthy and happy. Mm-hmm. How would you describe it?
1: I'd describe it as fun and exciting and every day's an adventure.
0: Well, thank you, Alex, for being here. I really do appreciate you. Um, being honest and vulnerable today, I'll ask the questions to start, and then if you have any questions, (laughs) what? Nothing. Keep going. If you have any questions for me, feel free to ask.
1: All right.
0: Okay. So I think in order for people to understand how much healing we've actually gone through, they need to have a clear picture of where we were. So... When you think back to our relationship several years ago, how would you describe our relationship?
1: used to be very combative. We used to get defensive. We used to, um, you know, we didn't fight fair. You know, a lot of times we weren't listening. We were trying to prove each other's points. Um, Cheap shots, blaming the other person, not taking responsibility, always kind of thinking, okay, it's the other person's fault. That's Mm -hmm. what I thought.
0: Yeah, I would agree with that. When you say not fighting fair, what's your definition of not fighting fair?
1: I don't know. Saying saying mean things or name-calling.
0: Saying mean things, yeah. And kind of losing track of the point of the argument, I think.
1: Yeah. Right? Just yeah.
0: getting to a place where we're attacking each other's character and not necessarily the problem itself.
1: And one person has to win.
0: Oh yeah, winning was extremely important in our relationship. I would describe our relationship a few years ago as being very lonely. Like we were married, but we were living very separate lives except when we would fight. So I was extremely sad and alone. How did you feel at that time in our relationship?
1: Same. Same kind of thing. We were just doing separate things and we would kind of get lost in, in our own separate things. Um, I had a lot of negative thoughts, you know, it's always going to be like this. It's a struggle. It's just, it's just part of what it is. And I was angry, you know, like she is the problem and she needs to change and this, and, you know, saying stuff like, oh, she's not a good communicator. This is not going to change. And that I wasn't loved, ultimately.
0: Mm. Yeah, what's interesting about that is that I felt all of those same emotions and thought all of those same thoughts. So it's, in coaching, we call it a projection. When I'm looking at the other person and saying, you're this and this and this and this. And in reality, I'm being this and this and this and this. And it was a double projection because we were both saying the same thing about each other and really ultimately about ourselves. I also felt like you didn't love me just because of the way that we would fight and how often we would fight. And there was very, very little intimacy and, you know, fill in the blank of what that word means to you. There wasn't quality time. There wasn't physical touch. There wasn't acts of service. There wasn't words of affirmation. And I experienced you, Alex, as being very angry. I'm sure you had a lot of reasons to be angry. Yeah, that was my main experience of you a couple years into our relationship was that I thought you were an angry person.
1: And that's how I observed you as well.
0: Alex, was there ever breaking point for you
1: no it was more like we were on a sinking ship and before you know it you know we're at the bottom of the ocean and it didn't really just have like one thing
0: one problem to solve yeah yeah I think that was what was frustrating for me is not even knowing what the root of the problem was because everything was a problem so it's like how do you solve everything in a marriage all at one time. It just felt completely broken to me. And the catalyst for me was in 2020, we were under a lot of stress that year and we began to fight a lot more. So take the fighting that already existed in our relationship and multiply it and that was the year that i really felt the most alone and the most basically just started living my own life like i just didn't even know how to solve our relationship anymore just felt like every time i tried to bring something up or have a conversation it just turned into an explosive argument anyway so i kind of came to a place where i was like okay well then i'm just not going to talk to you about anything But the irony of that is that when we stopped communicating, I think things got worse.
1: Yeah, and I think that can be something to kind of look for in a relationship is if people like isolate or kind of just become, you know, too, just kind of dug into their own thing and then, you know, kind of face out the other person.
0: Yeah, like icing them out. Basically. Yeah. Like,
1: um, you know, getting lost in work and becoming a workaholic, you know, Hey, I don't need to spend time with you cause I just got work, you know?
0: That's kind of what I was doing. You could say it. That's kind of what I was doing is I just threw myself into my work and I was like, okay, well, I'm just going to focus on this and make this really successful and, you know, hang out with people at work and have relationships there. And then when I come home, I'll just, you know, deal with my relationship with Alex, which sounds horrible. It's and like a
1: strange. chore. It's like a chore.
0: It was like a chore. So I threw myself into work. What was your coping mechanism?
1: Uh work and hobbies. I had music.
0: So to fast forward a little bit, at the end of 2020, I told Alex how I was really feeling, which was that I thought our relationship was hopeless, that I wanted us to consider a divorce, and that at the very least I was implementing kind of, whether or not he wanted to, a separation, and I asked him to move out and move in with his dad. What was that like for you?
1: That was a shock to the system. Um, Wasn't expecting that, and uh, it was really a wake-up call because, you know, I went from bad to worse, and, you know, had to really sit with myself and confront what was going on and really just kind of gave me a lot of time to think about about things
0: when you say you had to confront what was going on what were you confronting on a personal level
1: well when i saw the things repeat themselves and rachel wasn't even nearby then i was like well maybe the common denominator here is me
0: yeah can you give more context of like what what was repeating itself
1: Yeah. So I complained a lot still. Um, I had a real bad attitude. I was angry. Um, I was, uh, mad, sad, alone. And, you know, I, again, I, I blamed others, uh, but you know, this was, uh, this was solely a me problem at that point.
0: Yeah. I think, you know, what we were talking about earlier, perception is projection and how you will project your inner world outward and oftentimes when you're married, the person that you're going to project on who's there for you to be your mirror is your spouse. Yet when you're separated, your mirror still goes with you. It just becomes a whoever you're around. So who was your mirror at that time? For
1: me, it was my dad. I would just say, oh, he's just in a bad mood. He's angry. He complains a ton. And then, you know, just saw everything through a negative lens. And then... <clears throat> I really consulted, I really confronted myself and said, no, maybe that's just what I'm experiencing. But, you know, maybe this is what Rach is experiencing.
0: So you took ownership of the fact that you were also complaining and in a bad mood a lot, even though that's how you were experiencing your dad. Yeah. Yeah. So for me, in the separation, I really, I really spent time thinking about how did we get here? Because... I obviously loved you and said yes to you for a reason. And I was trying to remember what those reasons were because it had been so long since we felt connected that I was like, was there ever a time in my relationship where I was happy? And I got that question from, I started reading this book called Too Good to Leave, Too Bad to Stay. And as I was reading this book, by the way, If you have not read this book, it is so good. Basically, the author was a therapist for many, many years, was a couples counselor. And she goes through in this book, common denominators of couples who decide to get divorced and common denominators of couples who decide to stay together. And she's kind of laying out, listen, there's no right or wrong, but here are the most common questions that can lead you to an answer. And in the first chapter, I think it was the first or second chapter, one of the questions laid out in the book is, was there ever a time in your relationship where you were happy? And I stopped reading the book so I could really think about this and reflect on it. And it took a while because I was angry and bitter and hurt and lonely and sad, yet, As I thought about the question and I thought about our relationship, I realized that yes, there was a time in our relationship where we were both really happy and deeply loved each other. So I started toying around with the next question of, well, then if we were once happy, how did we get here? And I remember, Alex, you were still very much trying to heal our relationship and pursuing me and asking me to go on walks with you, go on dates with you so we could talk. And do you remember we had a conversation on one of these walks where I asked you, like, when was the time in our marriage where there was a complete disconnect for you and things started to shift? And do you remember what you said?
1: Yeah, I got a good idea. (laughs) What did you say? Uh, I said, Just an incident where I felt like we weren't on the same team and I felt like through what had happened, we were like pitted against each other.
0: Yeah. So Alex is answering this question that I asked. I asked the question and he's responding with an argument that we had had ages ago. I mean, so long ago. Three
1: years before that, four years before that.
0: I would say even before that, I would say this happened maybe our second year of marriage, Hmm. not long into our marriage we had had this argument, and he's bringing up this argument to me, and I like barely remember it. It wasn't a significant event for me, yet it was for you. And as Alex is retelling this story, he's like, yeah, well, the meaning that I took away from that fight was that we were not on the same team.
1: Nothing against Starbucks, but we had this incident at a Starbucks and it was known as the Starbucks incident, <laughs> <So> now, <laughs> lovingly.
0: Now we can laugh about that. But he goes, the Starbucks incident. What's funny about to me about the Starbucks incident is we had talked about this in therapy. Many times Alex would bring this up in therapy. And every time he brought it up, I was like, why are we talking about the Starbucks incident again? Because I didn't get the takeaways from that conversation that Alex had. I only had my experience and my perspective of what happened. and every time we were going to therapy and Alex was like, "I'm really upset about this. I'm thinking, why? It was so long ago because he's re- in therapy, and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with therapy or anything wrong with our therapist, but what we were stuck, we were stuck in a rut where he would retell the story of what happened. And I would say, yes, that's what happened. But I wasn't getting to the root cause or neither one of us really were getting to the root cause of the story that was taking place in his mind. So there's an event that happens and then there's the story that we tell ourselves about the meaning that that event has on our lives and in our relationships and in our different contexts of life. And so that's where there was a huge disconnect because he kept retelling the event. And I'm like, yes, I understand that's what happened. I'm not getting what's going on here. And then finally, years later, while we're on the brink of divorce, we figure it out. And he says, I took away from that conversation that we were not on the same team that you didn't have my back. And I'm like, well, I didn't know that that's, How you felt. So, we kind of traced back where the crack was in the foundation of our relationship. And we had to go back and now work on that crack in our relationship. Like, where did it all start getting to the root cause? And we are going to give you tips for getting to the root cause. But I would say, tip number one if you are in a relationship that feels unfixable, Try, if you can, to find the root cause. Where did things start to go sideways? And if you can go back and figure out what is the story that they're running in their head, and what is the story that you're running in your head, and how is it different? That one tip can do a lot of things. So once I was able to acknowledge and validate that that was your experience, that you felt Alone, that you felt like we weren't on the same team, like you felt like I didn't have your back. What was that like to finally get acknowledged and validated after years of feeling that way?
1: It was like an aha. And I just felt really understood. That was super helpful, I think.
0: Okay. So once you knew that you were understood, how did that shift things for you in our marriage currently?
1: Well, it felt like it was more of a team effort. Um, If I could also go back to what Rachel had mentioned, well, like what she did is she summarized and then she validated. And so validation is, I think, much bigger of a piece as far as importance um, when you're kind of retelling somebody's problem statement, right? So you have to repeat it back to them and you have to empathize with them. I think that's something that Rachel does really well, um, at least now. And, you know, I think... (laughs) Uh, That's something that she really had to work on, you know, so
0: it's true. I have gotten very good at that now in my life.
1: And at the time she was really into life coaching and I felt like she was doing that with everybody else, but she couldn't do it for me. So that was really frustrating. But once she was able to really empathize with me, I felt like we were actually making our headway.
0: Yeah. Being a life coach, I would say it adds, it can, sometimes it can be an advantage, but sometimes it can be an added barrier where sometimes I think if I ask him this question or if I say it this way, then he's going to feel like I'm coaching him or he's going to feel like I'm therapizing him, which is often not what I'm trying to do. Coaching is just a way of communicating through questions and seeking clarification through question asking. So it can be an advantage if you're using it right. Although I would say that you had some resistance sometimes around me asking questions. Yeah, fair. Yeah, is that fair? But the acknowledging and validating is always going to be beneficial no matter who you are.
1: Yeah, I think that's a a life hack. Um, If you're a human and you interact with other humans, uh, especially a spouse. Period.
0: Okay, so should we do a model of acknowledging, validating, and normalizing? Sure,
1: because I think this was a game changer. Yeah. Okay. So last night, after we put Isaac to bed, I had a couple of things to follow up on um, on my computer. You know, at the end of the day, and <laughs> so I did that. <laughs> Rach came into the room, and I re- and like she had said something, and I really felt judged and blamed for getting a little bit of work done when there was a little bit of
0: downtime. Okay, so what I'm hearing you say is that last night after we put Isaac to bed, you came into the office and started doing work on your computer. I came in and said something to the effect of, what did I say? What are you doing on your computer? Something like that. And when I said that, then you felt accused, blamed, And shamed. And judged. And judged. Is that right? Or am I missing anything? That's it. That's what I felt. Okay.
1: So, for the folks at home, that is the summarization piece. All right, now we're gonna talk about the validation piece.
0: Well, so we should define what summarizing is. So, summarizing is literally just re saying out loud what you heard. And that way, if you missed any information, then the other person has an opportunity to add more to what they were thinking and feeling during the summarization back and forth.
1: So just recap it, yeah.
0: Okay, so summarizing, now we'll do acknowledging. Validate. And validating. So it's, he doesn't need to give me any new information yet at this point. So I just did a summary. So now to acknowledge, I will say, I could understand that me coming in and saying, what are you doing on your computer? is a question that doesn't sound very curious and is perhaps judgy. And I could understand how you would feel accused and blamed and judged. And, you know, I have felt those feelings before, feeling shamed and accused and judged. And it is a really terrible emotion to feel. And I'm so sorry. I really didn't mean to make you feel that way. I apologize.
1: So I'm going to, so I think that summarization and validation. So, right. So summarize and validate, um, are the two, you know, like we just kind of modeled summarizing is recapping and validation is really kind of putting yourself in their shoes and empathizing for what they felt. And your goal is for them to say, that's right.
0: So Alex, I kind of shared like during our separation, I was doing a lot of Reading and soul searching for the crack in the foundation of our marriage, and whether or not I could see a step forward for us. What were you doing during this time of separation that was helpful to our relationship?
1: So I was really working on myself, studying uh, therapy, you know, coaching. Really, just trying to take ownership um, of you know the piece that I have contributed to this. And really understanding myself now that, um, you know, that was, um, I was alone. And uh, focused a lot on personal development. I realized that I lacked a lot of self-discipline and I decided to work on my discipline. Um, You know, I hired a life coach and, you know, I basically learned again that I was in charge of my happiness and my life um, and not Rachel and basically, he walked me through releasing some limiting beliefs that were solidified through my childhood traumas and had kind of stuck around through um, adulthood and uh, got me through just home life drama. Um, both my parents were abusive and alcoholics, and I had a lot of stuff to, to dig through.
0: Thank you, Alex, for sharing You know what was working for you and what you... Even though I'm a life coach and I was on a personal development journey, that doesn't mean that we were on the same speed of that personal development journey. And my experience of you pre this time was that you were kind of scared to look at your stuff. But through the separation, you really gained the courage and the motivation to do the deep work What is, hmm?
1: well, like what I pointed out earlier, I knew that I was the common denominator. So something had to change. Right. So I decided to, whether we got together or not, I was going to work on myself and get myself, you know, healthier.
0: When you were working with a life coach, what would you say was the most impactful thing that you either did or learned through life coaching?
1: I think that the ownership, accountability, being able to understand the past and use it instead of being a victim to it—I think that those kind of things went a long way. Understanding the projection um, stuff was was huge because, you know, I realized I was walking around with a, a dirty lens, right, and uh, I was seeing myself and other people.
0: So you were learning to take ownership of your experience in life, your experience of other people, your experience of other situations, and you were learning what perception is projection is. Yeah. Okay. So perception is projection is essentially what I see in other people is a reflection of the parts of me that I am not okay with. And so when I'm judging other people, I am actually judging myself. So perception is projection is... If I'm noticing that someone is behaving in a way that I don't like, um, I get to look at what is that behavior bringing up for me. And it's either a direct projection, which is this person is exhibiting a style of behavior that I have within myself that I judge myself for. For example...
1: Difficult, lazy.
0: Controlling.
1: Harsh, awkward.
0: Manipulative stupid mean bad driver <laughs> Okay, this is getting personal now. <laughs> but essentially, if I'm labeling someone as being something,
1: there's a good chance there's a there's a part of you that has that.
0: Yeah, there's a good chance that it's actually your unconscious mind rejecting a piece of yourself. So, we learn that in life coaching and then we learn how to either accept that part of ourselves Or reframe it in a way that's like, hey, maybe I'm not controlling in a manipulative way. Maybe I can be in control of my own life in a positive way. So we navigate through these different values and understandings through life coaching. I could not be Alex's life coach. We tried and we failed. Agreed. It's just we're too close. And so... In coaching, you have to wear this coaching hat where you don't get sucked into your client's story and you stay on the outside as an observer. And when you're married, that person is your flesh and blood. They are you in a sense to become one. And it's almost impossible. It's almost impossible to coach your spouse. Don't do it. All you coaches out there, Learn from our mistake and learn from our victory and just...
1: Save a headache.
0: Save yourself a headache. Get life coaching elsewhere. So Alex, we had a long road ahead of us as far as healing our marriage, working through things, implementing new habits and strategies so we could really be happy and healthy in this relationship. What do you attribute our success to?
1: I think that there was a point where it took, like I said, a couple of times, took a lot of ownership and I, you know, basically recommitted and decided that I was going to turn things around. And like when we were in that separated space, I had to realize that I had to get better regardless if we were going to get back together or not. You know, so there was like a personal commitment and then there was also once we decided to kind of try it again, that we were going to commit to, you know, getting healthy. And it, it is a long journey, but, you know, you have to really kind of go as a team. You can't go as one person.
0: Mm, yeah. So to break down kind of the specifics of how we got on the other side of a relationship that was, in our perspective, completely broken, unsalvageable, headed for divorce, we did, we did a lot of things. And I do want to give, I do want to give God glory and honor and credit yeah. because I do not think we would still be married if we're, we're not for our higher power in our lives and intervening. Um, because I was kind of at the place where I was like, whatever, God, like this is your marriage. So are you going to do something about this or not? Uh, that was honestly my attitude about it, so prayer I would say was number one tip, and I'll be honest, I'll be vulnerable in the beginning. I didn't want to pray for a positive outcome for a relationship. I felt really done like I was just ready to move on. however, that said, I did have family members stepping up and praying for us, even when so, we when even when we weren't really willing to do that part, so I want to give thanks to the family that stepped up that knew what was going on and were interceding for us.
1: And almost anything can be salvageable.
0: Yeah, anything anything can be saved. Absolutely. Any person can be saved. Any relationship can be saved.
1: And both need to be on the same page and wanting a resolution. They need to be working together.
0: I think that's a great tip, Alex. Although if you remember... I don't know that we were on the same page in the beginning. Like I was the one that asked you to move out. I'm the one that started the separation process. I was the one that was looking at divorce lawyers. But you kept fighting for our marriage that whole time that we were separated. You did not give up. And I have to give you a lot of credit for that. Um, You kept asking, let's work on this. What can I do? I'm going to coaching. I'm going to therapy. I'm working on myself. This is worth it to me. So we eventually got on the same page. But I would say even if you're not on the same page, if you're willing to fight for your marriage, fight for your marriage. Because Alex fought for our marriage and we wouldn't be married if it weren't for that. Go me. Go you. (laughs) And then I know we've said this a lot, so I just want to... Be clear, if you're taking notes, one of the tips now is seek out therapy or life coaching. Now, here's what I know most people's objection is when it comes to this tip. My spouse won't go with me. Yeah, you're going to want to do it on your own. Because as you are pursuing therapy, as you're pursuing life coaching, your eyes will be opened to your triggers, your projections, what your problems with the relationship are, and you will get to see your hand. You'll get to see your part. And I know that doesn't sound exciting and that does not sound fun. However, like Alex said many times, he was like, I'm going to get healthy. Like marriage, divorced, whatever. I need to get healthy and I need to get happy. And I know that therapy or life coaching or both is the road to do that so do that I know I talk to a lot of people where they're like well you know my spouse won't do the work bummer that's okay do the work like if you go to the gym every single day you're going to benefit from that and if you're doing the mental health work too you're going to benefit from that
1: and the the hack right here this is the hack if you're going to take anything away the conflict resolution script it works Mm
0: -hmm. and it
1: helps the other side feel heard
0: yeah the conflict resolution script is massively helpful so if you have not yet downloaded your copy of the conflict resolution script I will leave a link in the show notes. All you have to do is scroll down and click on that link and I will email you a copy of the conflict resolution script so you can start practicing this with the people in your life because once other people feel heard and validated, the other person relaxes a little bit. They're not as angry and they're not as worked up and they will start to relax as they feel heard and understood and that's when real communication can happen but if both people are on the defensive and both people are angry and feeling unheard then it's really hard to get anywhere so yes conflict resolution script for sure
1: oh don't forget to tell them about team t-e-a-m an acronym game changer Yeah, so T is for touch, and that could be hand-holding or, you know, sitting next to your partner and, you know, holding hands or touching throughout the entire conversation.
0: Yes. So for TEAM, you're going to do all of the acronym letters at the same time, or I guess I should say consecutively. So you'll be sitting side by side with some intentional time together to do TEAM, and the E stands for EDUCATE. So you're going to tell your spouse or your partner something that you learned.
1: Yeah, and it keeps the relationship fresh because you're telling your spouse something that you learned every day.
0: Yeah, it allows some room for connection and conversation. And as you're educating your spouse on something you learned that day, it becomes a exciting conversation And we can get away from kind of the rut that we can get stuck in with, like, how was your day? Fine. How was your day?
1: You kind of have an open mind.
0: Yeah. It forces you to think outside of your usual conversation topics.
1: A stands for appreciation.
0: So each day when you're doing team, you are going to appreciate your spouse, something that they did that day that you really appreciate And this will absolutely change your marriage if every single day you're affirming your spouse with words of affirmation through appreciation, you are going to fall back in love. You're just going to because you're going to be looking for those moments of, oh, this is something I can appreciate today versus looking for the things that you don't appreciate or maybe take issue with, which we're going to get to in a second. But always make sure that you are appreciating your spouse every day when you set aside some intentional time to do team. So, Alex, what does the M stand for?
1: M stands for metrics.
0: So metrics is one of those things that you can use differently depending on the day. So metrics is anything in your relationship that you want to discuss. So it's more of an intentional conversation around maybe something that needs to be healed or something that needs to be looked at or something that happened throughout the day that was frustrating for you and maybe it wasn't appropriate to bring it up at the time because you were at the grocery store or in public, yet now is the time where you're going to set some time aside and say, using your conflict resolution script, solving those, they could be little things or they could be big things. So an example of a little thing would be You know, earlier today when we were talking about dinner, I thought I heard a tone and that really hurt my feelings. That would be maybe a small thing or maybe a large thing is, hey, we've been saying that we're going to make a budget and look at our finances for a really long time. Can we please use this metric time to do that? So sky's the limit. It's a sliding scale. You can do metrics in five minutes. You can do metrics for an hour. Totally depends on every single day what's going on in your life, but this just provides intentional together time every single day where you are with your spouse working on your relationship. So Alex, repainting the other side, you know, we spent a long time talking about where our relationship was several years ago. And I just wanna remind people that we are in a much better place so people can end with a positive, hopeful picture of what's possible for them. What do you love about our relationship now?
1: I love that our relationship is fun. I um, feel like we have a lot of family time and we always, um, you know, have fun and go experience new things and just try to be funny and lighthearted. Um, I feel like we're very growth oriented. I feel like that helps out a ton um, and I believe that that's a two-sided Um, piece like I feel like that we both need to be working at that and be able to kind of grow and and work through um, each other's uh, personal things I feel like now we're a lot more team focused Um, shameless plug for team acronym but I feel like we are on the same team and we are working towards a goal and that is extremely helpful to me feel like we're a lot more loving now we can really, uh, drop the, the need to be right. And just to love, you know, and I think that that goes a long way. Um, feel like we're self-sacrificial a lot more than before. And kind of like what I was saying a minute ago, where like, we don't need to prove that we're right. We just need to love the other person where we're at. Um, and really just kind of, you know, in this season in our life, really enjoying parenthood, which, uh, comes with its, uh, you know, fun obstacles and different things like that, but it's always, you know, each day is a new day and there's always, um, stuff to appreciate and learn and, you know, kind of grow through. So, um, and enjoy, you know, that's a, that's a key part. So what are, what are your thoughts?
0: Yeah. So I love our communication now. That was something that I really missed and needed before. And we've done so much work on our communication through practicing the conflict resolution script, and really just listening, listening to understand rather than listening to object. And um, that's something that we've really worked on. And I really value that in our marriage. And I also am really appreciative of just how fun and silly we are and how much we laugh. You know, we were Joking around all day. Um, he, Alex was making fun of me for songs that I wanted to listen to on the radio. And instead of getting offended, I just laughed. Like we just have fun together, just goofing around and not taking life too seriously. And that's something that I needed to grow in because I always took life extremely seriously. And I'm learning now to just have fun. Like we can have fun at the grocery store. We can have fun doing laundry. We can have fun doing these things together. Um, so fun, communication, the sex is great. Boy <laughs> He told me not to say that, but I had to. We are on the same page about a lot of stuff. Money and health and parenting and spirituality and faith. And I think we wouldn't be on the same page with all of those areas of life if we weren't communicating. So, and love, of course, just loving one another when it's easy and when it's maybe a more complicated conversation, but choosing love every time. So thank you so much, Alex, for, I know this was, I have been asking you to do this with me for a long time and I know it was a difficult conversation to have, and I really appreciate you being here and being vulnerable.
1: I've really appreciated it too. Um, it you know sometimes I don't like digging up and drudging up the past, but you know looking back at where we were and looking at where we are now is like a huge win, and um, I really appreciate your love.
0: all right everyone thanks for hanging out with us um we love you and i'll leave that conflict resolution script in the show notes so just go ahead and download it it's free it's absolutely free it's just our gift to you to say thank you for listening if you want to give us a five-star review uh, please do that or share this episode with a friend remember life is a journey
1: and you're in the driver's seat.
0: We'll, we'll see, see you, you next, next time. time. Peace. Bye. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Life Coach In Your Pocket. If you enjoyed today's episode, please share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast player. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback, Or if you're looking to get involved in one of my coaching programs, you can reach me directly at CoachRachelBailey.com. Thanks for listening. I'll see you next week.